myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Looking just the same as you did before you were a Hall of Famer. And here we are, looking back and scratching our heads all about it. Are you happy making the trip to Cooperstown? And will that happiness be stronger when you see a plaque in July? Looks like you made it. Took the next step in your career. You are a Hall of Famer. Looks like you made it. You just found out yesterday. You are a Hall of Famer. And all we can think was, my God, why did Scott Rowland make it? <laughs> Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It is me, Michael. And with me is always singing some Manilow. Yes, man. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? It's going. Yeah, I had to tweak the lyrics a little bit, thinking we might get more than one person in, but uh just uh just Scott Rowland joining us, uh Fred McGriff and uh Scott Rowland, huh? <laughs> Scott <laughs> Rowland. I I I know. Let it out, Steve. <laughs> he's not he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not. Two, he 281 average, a little over 2,000 hits, 316 home runs, 1,287 RBIs. Uh, seven-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove winner, NL Rookie of the Year. That's a Hall of, That's very good. That's a, yeah. I would say you had a very successful career. Yes. Those aren't Hall of Fame numbers, okay? And, and I'm, I'm seeing the writers. They're all patting themselves on the back about this. Oh, we got to get someone in. Guess what? There can be years where no one gets in. This is the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good. Yeah. Okay. And it's just frustrating. And, you know, we had our, our, our hall of fame prediction show a couple weeks ago and, and, and you, uh, you made some very good points about how you didn't think really anyone should get in the heck Fred McGriff probably shouldn't even be, there, <laughs> yeah, right, right. you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, yeah. good for Scott Rowland. That's great. I love the video with him and his parents when his parents find out. I did, too. Out and stuff. I did that was, too. That was great. But, this isn't the hall of, oh, you had a great, great career. This is the hall of fame. This only one, one and a half percent of all uh, baseball players get in there and that, that they're, they're in there for a reason because they have fantastic careers. Not because you had a little over 2000 hits and a 281 average. Yeah. You know what, Steve, you fucking yeah. go and you tell them. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated here, man. Yeah. It's really, it's really, um, watering down what the hall of fame it means. really I mean, is i've always looked at the hall of fame as if you had a super league where yep. there was a better league than major league baseball right those players would be selected to be in that league right in like some bizarro universe or the afterlife right and yep. if i'm picking teams you know i'm yep. gonna be oh hell yeah i'll take lou Gehrig. fuck ted williams come on over I here whoa yep. Le- uh, roberto clemente come on down yep. nobody's picking scott Rowland. rolling no or no, fred mcgriff like- no, like I was saying to you, uh, I, I saw a tweet or something about, um, you know, collecting baseball cards. And, yeah. and, and when you're a kid, you're getting back packs of cards. And you and I do it now when we're getting packs of cards. So we we take extra care of cards that we think people might be going to the Hall of Fame, like our, right. you know, Otani cards that we have now. We think he could be a Hall of Famer, Verlander, Cabrera, um, you know, all those people that are probably, you know, Mike Trout are going to probably be, you know, getting in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> When I was a kid, Ken Griffey Jr., that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, how many kids do you think around the time that Scott Rowland was playing got a pack of cards and got a Scott Rowland were like, man, I better take extra special care of this thing. He's going to be a <laughs> Hall of Famer one day. Yeah. Probably not many. Not too many. If, man. if any at all. Yeah, that's okay. he wasn't. Well, you and I grew grew up with Scott Rowland. We talked about this. And, and and he was always that a good third baseman. But yeah. When you put him against other third basemen during the times you and I grew up, I mean, name at least one third baseman that was way better and off the charts than Scott Rowland. There's more than one. More but, than one. What, Brooks Robinson, Mike Schmidt? But right? like when we grew up. When we grew up. Right? I mean, I'm thinking yeah. offhand, oh, Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones, yep. Right? And he's in the yep. hall, but that was like a no-brainer. 
Yep. Right. Yep. And, and yeah, I understand it took Scott Rowan like six times before he got in. But and, and like you said, man, I really did love that video. It was so heartwarming. But it was. Yeah. It's just it's just not it's just you're really watering down the Hall of Fame. I'm going to read you a, a, a career stats of someone here. OK. Sure. Um, and uh, just I'm going to read these stats. And, and if you think this person I love should it. Be all- if this person should be a Hall of Famer, you know, based on, you know, if, if Scott Rowland can get in. I'm just going to sure. read you these stats. Sure. Three, 307 average, mm-hmm. 2,153 hits, 222 home runs, 1,099 RBIs. Uh, six-time All-Star, MVP, nine-time Gold Glove Award winner, three-time Silver Slugger Award winner. So that, uh, AAL batting champion and an RBI leader uh, one year as well. Is that a Hall of Famer? Wow. No kidding. So just above a thousand RBIs. Yep. Yep. Three Oh seven career average, 2,153 hits. He has an MVP nine gold gloves and is a six time all-star. Yeah. I'd give it to him. I would too, but he's not in there. That's Don Mattingly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm, he, but, and he got laughed off or not even close to getting voted in on the last veterans committee. You know what, dude, that's, I'm so glad you brought that up and that's so true, man. It's it's why what's holding Don Mattingly out? And I I know you know off hit we're not right off the bat. It's World Championships. Yep, yep. Okay, yeah. you didn't you didn't win a World Series. He was on a statistically bad Yankee team and left right before they started getting good. Yeah, that's and it's sad to see that because he was Donnie Baseball man in the eighties yep. and nineties. Everybody knew Donnie Baseball. Come yep. on, I mean he was that guy. Okay, I'm gonna do that. Okay, I like how you brought this up because <laughs> he's basically not in because he didn't go to the World Series and win a World right. Series. But yep. let me let me reveal. Somebody's postseason stats. Oh boy. Who, yeah, he won a World Series, but let's see if he actually deserves Hall of Fame just on because usually your guy, your 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 Hall of Famers have good postseason stats. Derek yeah. Jeter, right? Yep. Even Harold Baines had good yep. postseason Reggie stats. Reggie Jackson, people like yep. that. So from 2002 to 2012, we're talking 39 games in the postseason. Okay. Uh 31 hits, a whopping 220 average. In those 39 games, he struck out 34 times, a whopping great, awesome, crappy (laughs) uh, slugging percentage of 376. Okay. And total base is 53. Who is that? God. It's the newest Hall of Famer. It's Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland. Oh, it's, oh, man. All right. He didn't do shit. Yeah, Yeah, 39. He he barely, I mean, he was, he's the Bryce Harper of postseasons right now. Yeah. You know, yeah, he really is. So I or can pr- see if this guy Fielder. or Prince Fielder, that's, that's actually a really better one. Um, <laughs> But then I'll look at somebody like Fred McGriff, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I can get it behind a little bit better on Fred McGriff. Fred mm-hmm. McGriff made the postseason 50 times. Fred yep. McGriff hit 57 hits, 37 ribbies. Yep. He uh, hit 303, yep. an OPS of 917 and total base is 100. Okay. You had good postseason stats. That means you were instrumental in postseason play, right? In those fifty games, Scott Rowland, <laughs> you couldn't have played and still probably nobody would have noticed. You know what I mean? Like, Seriously, it just the only thing. The only thing, like I, like I told you that I remember about Scott Rowland is he was on that Cardinals team that uh, killed that, the Tigers yeah. in two thousand six. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of it, right? Because without yeah. that, I'm thinking, would he have actually made it? And I, I don't know. I mean, he barely squeaked in this time. But yeah, it was quite yeah, a by, jump. I mean, it was well, a really big jump. Oh, yeah. How he went from his first ballot was, what, 12% maybe? Mm-hmm. How yep. he got from uh, five years later from that up to here is what what changed? You didn't have any more at-bats. You didn't hit any more homers. What changed? The writers changed. You know, That's right. The The writers have, have dumbed down who can get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they totally you have. Know, and, and like you said, it down. And like you said, don't be afraid to not have anybody in there. Like yeah, yeah. if there's nobody in that year, there's nobody in. And the only reason he is, his percentages went up every year because of the lack of talent that's getting, that's mm-hmm. being nominated. And that's okay. It's just a down, you know, a handful of years. Yeah. But guess you what? Know? We got Adrian Beltre coming in next year. He's going to make the Hall right. of Fame most likely. Yeah. Each year the year after that, he's the first ballot. So it's okay yeah. if we don't get someone in this year. I'm okay with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm total okay. Now everybody's now you're hearing Todd Helton's name come up because Todd Helton, I think he didn't get in. He only had like 72%. Yeah, and, he was 11 votes shy, I think. And 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 you and I, when we were doing our Hall of Fame prediction show, I actually was like, yeah, how about Todd Helton? But then as the show went on, I'm like, no, man, no, no, no. Todd Helton. 
because yeah. he hit in Coors and yep. it, it, it's not just because he hit in Coors, but he didn't do anything in that. He never went to a world series. He didn't have yep. any of that thing. Those things you need. Yep. He didn't win tons of accolades. His stats are kind of more down than you would like it. I mean, definitely lower than Scott Rowland. So he's a five-time all-star three-time gold glove winner and a silver slugger award winner four times. But like you said, he played at Coors field for his whole career. Yeah, so ha- half his games every year were at Coors Field, where he the, pretty much could could bunt and get a home run. The, ain't that the truth? And the best thing I like about him is just his lifetime three sixteen average. That's yep. the only thing I really Fantastic. like about Todd Helton. But if Todd Helton didn't play half his games at Coors Field, what would his average be? Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't think I don't think it'd be over three hundred. No, I don't think so. I, I'd like to see a comparison. I'm sure we can find it of road versus away for his career, and so oh, see see what the yeah. difference is. You know? It'd probably be like a topsy turvy, kind of like a Jock Peterson, like he's yeah. better at, you know, yeah, home you know? than away. And it's yeah, something we talk about with Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado of what, yeah. whether they could hit outside of Coors. We found out Arenado can, we found out Trevor Story can't. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, that's true. That's that's very true. Oh. And it's, you know, it's it, it, looking at this, just who got in, and it's it just sucks. I mean, it just waters it down. And mm-hmm. um, I would have been more happy with Billy Wagner getting in Yeah, at least that, but even then, I mean, he didn't have a chance. I mean, he, he jumped from 51% to 68%. That's something. So he might get in next year considering the jump Roland made, but even Andrew Jones is getting, you know, he's yeah. jumping from 41 to 58%. I don't want to see Andrew Jones in the hall of fame. Well, it's 252 career average. Or yeah. Whatever. It just yeah. bums me out. I mean, he didn't, <laughs> You know, the thing, he got close to 500 home runs and he was a great defensive center fielder. And I remember I was a big fan of Andrew Jones back then. Oh, he was one of my favorite players. Yep. But I think I stopped liking Andrew Jones when I seen him get suspended by uh, Bobby Cox multiple times mm-hmm. for not trying because yep. he got pissed. And those are the times where they were losing or he was having slumps yep. and he and he would let it affect him. He wouldn't play hard every day. And I just didn't yep. like that. You know, yeah. so um, I don't want to see that in the Hall of Fame. I don't. Nope. No, you know, and it's and like, it, yeah, everyone, everyone talks about, you know, Jeff Kent, Jeff Kent is a lot like Scott Rowland. He had a very, very good career. And I think I even was one that was advocating on Jeff Kent until yeah. you, you laid the facts on me and, yeah. uh, and talked me out of it. You know, 290 career average, didn't get to 2,500 hits, 377 home runs, uh, a little over 1,500 RBIs, a five-time all-star, won an MVP in 2000 and a four-time silver slugger award. Right. No world series. Nope. Surprisingly. Um, no average over 300. Nope. Didn't get 3,000 hits. Didn't get up to 500 home runs. And uh, didn't get up to, you know, 2,000 RBIs or anywhere close to that. So he had a very good career. Very good career. Not not Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. And now he falls off the ballot. Yep. Yep. And same thing with, I think, Houston Street's off the ballot now, too. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Houston, but that's not, you know, that's yeah. apples and oranges. It's not exactly. Like, I compare yeah. Billy, you know, you say Billy Wagner and Houston Street. It's like, well... You know, at that time, it's like Houston Street would be um, Billy Wagner's like Uber driver. You know I mean? so, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just kind of overall just very disappointed. And it, I thought and it was funny um, b- before their show, before their show. And they're all before they announced the Hall of Fame and they're all. Who's it going to be this year? You know, is it going to be anybody? I'm thinking to myself, it's going to be someone. someone. Just because yeah. they have, they showed the envelope. They yeah. they have the guy waiting who announces it, and they're at the Hall of Fame. You think they're going to do all that? Fucking oh man, they'd be fucking for nobody. Like they although open the envelope, they're like nobody. It's although <laughs> when they were uh, getting ready to make the announcement, I was checking the guy's hands that were at the podium to see if he actually had anything in his hands. Yeah, you know, like if he had nothing, it'd be like, oh, sorry, no one's getting in this year. But did hey, they have that? Uh, he had like a uh, an envelope or something with him. Or, but or the like year there was nobody. I, I forgot what year that was. They still did a show. They just had to announce that it, it, it you get less to talk about. You know? Yeah. So there but wasn't it, this big build up. No. Yeah. I'm opening an no, envelope and like no, confetti falls and, out. And nothing else. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Fucking turd drops out of the envelope. Turd drops. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, you, you don't need to let someone in every year. No. Okay? This is. Uh, we didn't have a bunch of cheaters in baseball. Just think yeah. of all the years we would have enjoyed seeing people like Rafael Palmero, maybe Juan Gonzalez. Yep. Um, you know, those kind of guys come in. Mark McGuire, yep. Sammy Sosa, yep. Alex um, Rodriguez. I mean, it'd be like nonstop years. But when that happened yep. and that 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 whole 
that whole breaking news happened, it was like it just took the bottom right out of baseball. Now we're seeing yep. the after effects of that. And then until once people like Ichiro come in and yep. and Beltre, once they start getting generated and then the Hall of Fame classes will pick up a little bit better. Now. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So, just, yeah. Uh, going to be a olympic ceremony in a while <laughs> let's just say that <laughs> you know and, and i know you and i are happy for them i mean you're, yep. i mean they're That's good weird. guys they are they're what you want personality wise like i want my hall of famer to be a good off the field in terms of mm-hmm. you know what he's brought to the game off the field uh, uh fred mcgriff has always been yep. a class act i mean yep. just just great people, you know, but, but that's not why you're getting, you should get in the hall. You should get in the hall of fame based off your, your performance, what your you accolades, your stats, you know, not, right. yeah, not because you're you, a really you good were, guy. You were, yeah. You were very good during the time that you played. Right. But that's not, you know, reason enough to put you in the hall of fame. No. And it just shows you two things. It just shows you the lack of talent mm-hmm. when there's no, when there's no, uh, steroiders getting in yep. you know like roger clemens and people getting in just shows yep. you the lack of talent there was mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. like wow there was a lot of fucking steroiders back then and then also shows just how important and how much how much credence they put in to the war stat yeah yep. which is it's it's depressing you know i yeah. think looking at my war stats for these guys i have i think it's 44 uh mm-hmm. scott Rowland has and then uh 19 uh and then uh I think 19. No, I'm sorry. The worst stat for Scott Rowland is 70.1 and, and Fred McGriff has 52.6. So Ooh, that's great. You know who has 75.1 and is not in the hall of fame. Whitaker. Well, <laughs> there's another guy. Yeah. There's another, you know, guy. if you want to go on your big war stat, you know how these analytic people or analytics guys are. Lou Whitaker has one of the highest war stats of people that a person that's not in the hall of fame. Yeah. So yeah. suck on that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. just disappointing to see. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's going to limp dick ceremony. So it's going to, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of a bummer. I was kind of hoping either Billy Wagner or nobody would make it. Yep. And yep. unfortunately, we get, we get rolling. We get uh, Scott rolling. Reminds you of the same time that uh, Harold Baines got in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong, man. You and I have said before, we think McGriff got in because that was more of a statement from the Veterans Committee. Like, hey, you know, this guy was a clean player and while he didn't have Hall of Fame stats, we just brought him in, you know, over these other guys. I just and can't I believe think- he got more votes than Don Mattingly. Wasn't Don Mattingly on this uh this ballot that Fred McGriff was on for this year? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, there was a couple people on there that weren't bad. Even if you look at Dale Murphy. Dale Murphy. You know. Yeah, the Mattingly one's always gonna fucking stump yeah. me. I, I'll never understand it to be honest. Yeah. So well, Dale Murphy's batting average sucked. We'll say that. Yeah, but most of the that was the thing with Duke Snyder. Duke Snyder had a yep. bad career batting average yep. when he was all said and done, and it took him, I think, the third Forever. or fourth time yep. before he got in. So, mm-hmm. you know, it happens. It happens yep. to the best of us or to the best of them. But it's just, yep. man, you know, I look at Duke Snyder as being one of the all-time great center fielders that played in New York uh, during Brooklyn. You know, during the times of Brooklyn yep. Dodgers. So. The fact that okay, well, here's that guy, and then here's McGriff and Roland. I don't even put them in this. I don't even put them in the same category. Yep. You know, so when I think of the all-time greats, I know Scott Roland's that first name that comes to mind for me. No, here. absolutely yeah. fucking not. <laughs> absolutely not. So uh, moving uh, off the Hall of Fame class before we blow a gasket. Yeah, we have to, we have to take a timeout. No. Yes. Speaking of getting robbed, we had a trade that happened here recently. Didn't yeah. We? <laughs> so uh, it finally happened. The Marlins did trade Pablo Lopez. And look at that. You should really. Uh, the next step is you joining their front office. Right that's here, right? that's the next step. And I'm here yeah. to tell you this is the last podcast because I am just. Yeah. Signed up. <laughs> I'm just signed up with Miami Marlins. No, I'm reporting uh, for spring training. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> I, I think if it would have been Pablo for Luis Arias, Arias or Arias, mm-hmm. I think that would have been great. I yep. think that's a that's a solid trade. Yep. But then I think the Marlins ended up giving too much. They ended up giving um, uh, Solace, their number five, I think number five infielder away, and then they got another couple of fielders. And what are you guys doing? So it just showed that Luis Arias was very. Um, he had a lot of value and he's a batting champion. So I get that, but yeah, but not to give up, you know, a good arm in your rotation and a few of your better prospects. Right. Right. I, I just feel like they got fleeced. The Marlins got fleeced a little bit. Yeah. Good on the twins, man. Yeah, I, I think good the for twins, the twins. Yeah. I think the twins did a hell of a job because 
they have people coming up, Royce Lewis, and they have Nick Gordon there. And, you know, they have uh, Austin Martin coming up and some of those guys. I, I think Eris, as much as I love them, I, I think they can fill that batting need. Oh, I think they can. I mean, great. Eris can, can, you know, he has a great batting average, 316 last year. That's great. But there's no power. He's not no an RBI. He's it's not an RBI for you guy for you. He had eight home runs last year and had 49 RBIs. Right. Yeah, he's so, like uh he kind of reminds me a lot of Jimmy Rollins. There's yeah. a lot of Jimmy Rollins at his game. Yep. And uh not as good as a fielder as Jimmy Rollins, but um Darius can play first base, he can play second base, he's done third base. I think he's played shortstop before, but I think his hit what they'll probably end up doing with him is either put him on second, first, or third. And then yep. I heard Jazz Chisholm might be moving to the center field position, hmm. which that kind of blows my mind because he's actually a premier shortstop. So Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know. Just me from thinking that he seems a little small for the outfield. That's what I thought too. Yeah. I, I thought that too. But then I looked at people um like Wong or I looked at mm. uh Grisham. Grisham's not really a tall guy. And yeah. it's like, okay, I mean, there's been shorter guys in the outfield. But yeah, I mean, Jess Chisholm was amazing in the infield at second yeah. shortstop. So the fact that you would consider moving him, and that's what they're kind of saying that, oh, he'll probably be moved to center field. And then what they would do for shortstop, yeah, they would have um, probably Gene Segura, their offseason mm-hmm. guy, go in there. And then they would have uh, Luis Harris play second or at least first. So I was like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of a weird, a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just seemed like a lot to give up, like you said, for, you know, for getting one guy in return that had a war of 4.4 last year. Right. Right. It's you know, just, it's, it's not going to get, you know, it's just a guy that's going to get, get on base. He's right. not going to, it's not going to drive in key runs for you. He's not going to be a slugger like that. So, right. I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, we will see. And then on the other side of that, they ended up saying, well, it's like they always knew they were going to let go of Pablo because <laughs> right. I think they signed Johnny Cueto before they traded off Pablo. So, <laughs> so yeah. So Johnny got a locker for you, Johnny. Johnny Cueto's the newest Marlin. I got to say, I kind of like that move because he actually didn't have a bad year last year. I thought he played pretty decent, but I also kind of like that they're going to get a veteran presence in that yep, rotation. That, with that young rotation. Yeah. I mean, right. he, had a good, he had a good year last year. Right. You know, he was just quietly good. And yeah, that'll be a nice uh, veteran presence for a uh, uh, young rotation. So there you go. So not bad, oh. but. He's, yeah, he's going to be like 30. He's 36 right now. He's going to be 37. Yeah. That's a yeah, good, good move on there by the Marlins. Good for them. Yeah. Well, good <laughs> for them. But uh, it's, yeah. I like the veteran. I like the veteran presence there because now they'll have a rotation with uh, Sally Al- Alcantara. Yeah. They'll have uh, Max Meyer in there. They'll have Sixto Sanchez. Rogers and Trevor Rogers, Edward Cabrera. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I think they have one of the best, if not the best rotation in all of baseball. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's and Chat- Chapman found a home. We had talked about him a lot. Well, not a lot, but uh, in the last couple of shows about how no one was showing any interest in Chapman and they must've heard us because now yeah. he's found a home uh, with the Royals. Uh, I didn't see I, that coming. No, I did not. But I think from what I heard from watching shows, listening to the radio is, he signed with the Royals because that was uh, they were going to use him as a closer. Whereas he could have got more money, I think, from San Diego or something mm-hmm. like that. But they weren't going to use him as closer, so he wanted to go to the place where he would was known he was going to be the closer. And so Kansas City, it is Kansas which, City stepping up to Kansas City. Sucks for us because I always was nervous about facing Chapman whenever we played the Yankees. Now we could see him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah, but it, I, I, I never thought I always thought he was more of a big city guy. But you're right. I mean, if he's going to play, if he gets to be a closer like he yeah. wants. And I think that's pretty it's it's pretty much a similar deal that that the Philadelphia Phillies gave Craig, Craig Kimbrell. They probably right. were like, hey, you're going to be our closer. So yep. he was OK sounding like a one year 10 mil with the Phillies. Yep. So yep. I think that works out for those kind of older guys. Which yeah. I like, I love both of those closers. So yeah, we'll see how that kind of fares out. I think Chapman, yeah. it's it's a, probably a decent fit. Nope. Uh, he kind of gets out of the eye of the spotlight of New yeah, York the and LA, not and Chicago, on him. and yeah, kind of sells back into the Midwest like he was in uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, that, that's so. actually yeah. I never I remember he came up with Cincinnati. So yeah. now he kind of gets to kind of refine what what made what made him so great. Maybe kind of right. find that late part of his career and and get in there and 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 really provide, be a, one of the better closers in the AL central. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, good on him. You, on him. you do you chat. <laughs> you do you. And I, and actually with his signing and the signing of Kimbrell and, and some of these guys that are kind of signing the rest of the, what's left of the free agent pool. That's kind of the end of free agents. That's it, There's really right? Nobody huge 
I'm looking at it. There's really nobody huge staying out there. I mean, there's a few names here and there, but nobody that's once Adam Duvall signed and and Kimbrell and Chapman, that was kind of it. Yep. For January yep. and for because now we're gonna be pitchers and catchers are gonna be reporting here in February. And rosters are kind of set. I mean, I'm sure you're going to see some smaller moves here and there, but right, right. uh, For the most part, it's that's kind of it. That's all she wrote. So this is kind of what we're going forward, you know, going towards. So that's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Man, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for for baseball. I can't wait till baseball, man. It's it's great talking these smaller stories and offline stuff, but or um off season stuff. But once that off season stuff kind of peters out it's time to play baseball it's time, it's time for the season to start so so, so in doing that show. everybody everybody kind of knows uh, who's been listening to our show what we do this time of year we do it's our time it's our then and now series Woo! yeah i baby. love the spin on it that we're doing this year well last fun, year yeah, yeah last yep. year we did the what our top 25 top 25 of all time yeah we did top 25 of all time which is pretty cool every week we chose five people Yep. Starting from 25 going down and yep. we would coincide that with the now part of the series, which was positional, which yep. that part of the series doesn't change this year. We're still going to do positional. But this year, I thought it'd be I we thought it'd be kind of cool if we do. We pick a decade Love for it. for the uh, one decade for every position and the decade that we're going to choose for the then part of the series this year is the 1980s. Love it. So great, great decade for baseball, right? great decade for baseball. And there's some names in there that kind of got lost that yep. kind of got lost in the, in the history that we're mm-hmm. going to, we can kind of talk about again, but this week we'll start with pitchers. Uh, next yeah. week will be catchers and we're kind of going around the horn first base, second base, third, short, left center, right. And then DH and, and rounded out with DH by that time, the season should start, but yep. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to do the then series. So Steve and I have each picked five players starting at five. We're going to say our list starting with the top pitchers who we believe were the top pitchers in the okay. 1980s. And you and I are 19, we're eighties and nineties kids. So yes, we, are. we do a lot of these guys played in the eighties, yeah. but they also played in the nineties. Yep. So this is going to be kind of fun to go over. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing your list here. Okay. It's going to be a good one. I mean, we got, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that come to mind when you think about it, but uh, I threw a couple surprises in there. So. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> you absolutely did. Uh, so number five for me, uh, I got the uh, Dodger great Oral Hershiser. Love Oral Hershiser. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Cy Young Award in uh, 1988, that great year for the Dodgers. Yep. Top five in Cy Youngs, one, two, three, uh, four times during the 80s. Uh, he was a three-time All-Star as well in the 80s. 23 wins in that magical season, 1988. Just a, a bulldog. I think he was nicknamed the Bulldog, and he would go consistently over 200 innings, uh, you know, every year there, uh, you know, in the 80s. Uh, continued, uh, you know, had good stats in the 90s, but nothing compared to his stats there in the 80s. So I'm going to go with Hersheiser at number five. For wow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I really, really like Oral Hersheiser. Uh, kind of the old dog, man. The old. Yep. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yep. Yep. So how about you? What's uh, coming in at five for you? Well, my five, Steve, is somebody that kind of got lost in baseball history mm-hmm. as we kind of go. And surprisingly, because this guy is one of the one of the greatest pitchers of the 1980s. And my number five, I'm starting out with Brett Saberhagen. Ooh, Royals great, Brett Saberhagen. Royals Good great, pick. man. Two-time Cy Young, three-time All-Star. Won his only World Series in 1985, that great 1985 that great Royal. KC Royals team. Holy shit. That was a fun uh, team. I'm surprised he didn't win more gloves, gold gloves, man. He won one, one gold glove, won the World Series MVP in 85, which is important. And yeah. he had one ERA title. So we're talking about yeah. a guy that hit uh, that pitched 3.34 ERA, 167 wins, mm-hmm. not a great high wins. That's where he kind of gets lost. And that's where, you know, if he if he was if he hit 300 wins, he'd be an easily Hall of Famer for sure. But we're talking about a guy seventeen hundred over seventeen hundred strikeouts and two thousand five hundred sixty two innings pitched. Saberhagen, I remember he had that killer. He had that lanky kind of like yeah. stringy body, man. Yeah, yeah. It was a guy that uh, physically didn't look dominating, but can just whip that ball in there. It's just, yeah, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, and he he's played for four teams in his whole career, but the yeah, KC is really KC. where he really made his name. Yeah. And we're talking about a guy who played from 84 all the way to 2001. So technically, he, right. He played in three era, three decades of baseball. Yeah. And I'm glad that he is in some Hall of Fame. He's in the Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame. Good. He's only pitched one no hitter in his whole life. 
but I really loved what he came with. I, I think he had one of the best early, his breaking stuff, even his fastballs used to break. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and in kind of a weird cookie note, uh, I actually, <laughs> I have his email and him and I exchanged emails before because I tried to get him to invest in my baseball movie nice, like nice. so many others. But yeah. he said he actually, he actually did that before and lost his ass on nice. investing in a, in, to a friend that he's no longer friends with. And he says he won't do that again. So wow. just to let you know, great pitcher. Not a fun investor. <laughs> Not a fun investor. Lost some and, money. And, and uh, you know, no one can rock a mullet quite like Brett Sabrehagen. Right. And remember he did that. Remember he did that. Uh, the Tonight Show had him doing yeah. the uh, that rap. Remember he did yeah. the rap. Yeah. Oh my gosh. God. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. What do you? Oh, uh, so starting at number four, Steve. Who are you, who are you looking at? Just piggybacking on what you said, Brett Sabrehagen. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, everything you said, I, I echo there, you know, just a, a fantastic pitcher, uh, for, for the era, 23 wins in 89, that Cy Young award, uh, season right there. Uh, yeah, just, just great. Just a notch higher for me. So he comes into my, uh, my number four. How about you for your, my, your, your, your four? My number four is a new face. It's uh Jack Morris. Cactus Jack. Huh? All right. Dude. Hall of Famer. Yep. Jack Hall Morris. of Fame. Jack. Yep. Right Five-time all-star. What's that? Uh, a lot of people say he was the pitcher of the eighties. I, you know, I, I mean, he definitely makes my top five. Yep. He's one of the greatest pitchers of the eighties. Loved watching him pitch in the eighties and the nineties and three-time world series winner and world yeah. series MVP at one time wore the number 47. I want to say, Seven. Yep. so yep. 254 wins. That's very fucking good. Three. Yep. I wasn't a big fan of his ERA, but he has a 3.990 ERA. And I think that's mostly his late career stuff because he actually got rocked later in his career. Yeah. I think he ended up petering off with like Cleveland at the time. Yeah. yeah. So, and in that season, the last two seasons, I mean, he was in Toronto for a little bit, but I mean, you just seen the last three seasons. He was with two, uh, uh, at 37 years old, he was with Toronto, yeah. uh, pitched a 4.04 ERA, 619 ERA with Toronto the following year. And then he retired in 39, pitching with Cleveland and with a 5.60 ERA. So uh, pretty ugly, (laughs) pretty ugly. But I think that's why his lifetime ERA soared a little bit. But man, Jack Morris in the fucking 80s was amazing. I mean, he just started in 1977, went all the way to set 94. And I remember watching him pitch and he he was so one thing we got a pleasure of doing or being in Michigan. We got to see him play. But yep. we also get to we got to hear him when he was with uh, Fox Sports now Bally Sports Detroit, yep. and I think if correct me if I'm wrong, but he's done with that. With yeah, Detroit. he's done. So they uh, decided to part ways. Craig Monroe, I think, is taking uh, a bulk of his load now. Um, so no, mm-hmm. no more, no more Jack. I'm a little disappointed in that. Uh, I am too. Do they say why? No, they, they didn't. Yeah, that's. I wonder why. But I mean, you're talking about a, a guy that was arguably one of the greatest Tiger pitchers of all time. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, his stretch with Detroit from 77 to 90 is one of the greatest. You know, it's sad that he went to the Twins and won one and, you know, yeah, stuff like that. Stretch. He went to the Twins, then he left and went to Toronto at, right after that and won the World Series. Is, is that's that just, um, it's amazing. Yeah, that could almost <laughs> be a movie in itself. Yeah. So, uh, love Jack Morris. Love that he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's my number four, Steve. Who do you got okay. for your number three? Cactus Jack. Cactus he, Jack it yep, is. Cactus Jack it is with that, that, uh, that, that splitter that he had. He was Mr. Durable. Uh, you look at his uh, innings. Um, uh, he was over 200 innings. I think eight out of the 10 years in the 1980s. There, uh, he was one of those pitchers where he uh, he hated when Sparky Anderson would take him out of the game. Yeah, because uh, he just wanted to keep going. And that that's another reason why his ERA could be as high as you know a little bit higher than what we see usually for Hall of Famers is he just he he would want to go pitch those uh pitch those complete games. You know, he pitched uh uh. Let's see, he had a grand total of 175 complete games in his career. That you know that in in our era of the 80s here, uh, he was he was one of those where if you uh, you score me five runs, if I give up four, just give me five and I can get the win. He was just uh, that that mentality. Did never want to Cy Young, but mm-hmm. you know won the World Series. It just was a very durable pitcher, and uh, yeah, he comes in uh, he comes in for me there at number three. Cactus Jack at number three Cactus for Steve. Jack. Number three for me is Dwight Doc Gooden. The doctor. 
right. One thing I love about Dwight Gooden is I, I love how he started his career. I mean, from age 19 in 1984 through all the 80s, he was just a lights out fucking pitcher, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he led the league in strikeouts 276 in his first year starting with the Mets, went 17-9 and nine in his first year. Jeez. I mean, people who start out like that, seven complete games, people who start out like that, yep. I mean, they're just look. You know that they potentially, the Hall of Fame odds are in their favor. Mm-hmm. So I just, I've always been a fan of his. Now, obviously, as the years went past the 80s with the drugs, all that stuff kind yeah. of caught up to him. But there was nobody better than Doc Gooden at that time. His second season at 20 years old, he went 24 and four in 1985 with the Mets. I mean, that's insane. 16 complete games yeah. <laughs> led the league again in strikeouts and in innings pitched. I mean, this guy was a fucking phenom. He's always uh, up yeah. until 94. He actually had below a four ERA in each year. Oh. I mean, Two six uh two sixty one fifty three two eighty four three twenty one three nineteen two eighty nine and then it's all threes and then and ninety four he ended up going six in three one ERA but that was more of an injury filled year mm-hmm. I remember that was one of his last I think his last year with the Mets but but I do like that he he had a little fire in him in his last season when he played for the Yankees but man. Dwight Gooden was, yeah, definitely my number three. Cy Young, Triple Crown guy, two-time World Series. Who could forget the who, the Miracle Mets, man? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just those Mets. The 1986 Mets were such yeah. a great Mets team. So it's a fun team, man. a very fun team. ERA title, Silver Slugger, four-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year. Dwight Gooden, still arguably one of the greatest pitchers of all time, and especially in the 80s. And it's surprising because he's not a. Um, He's not a Hall of Famer. He's in the Mets yeah. Hall of Fame. I always wondered if he will get a Hall of Fame down the line, but you kind of look at his stats over 2000 strikeouts, which is good, but he never achieved the 3000 strikeouts. Nope. He had a three, three, five, one ERA lifetime and the, but he's never gotten over 200 wins. And I think that is yep. detrimental yep. to his getting into the hall. Yeah. That puts him in that Scott Rowland category. It does. <laughs> you know, what? You know, Steve, you're right. You're right. But uh, you know, we're doing the eighties and in the eighties, he was fucking he was, one of the greatest pitchers in the eighties. Yep. Spoiler alert. You'll see him soon on my list. Oh, I have no doubt who, yeah. uh, kind of rounding out here. The, the last two you hear, uh, who's your number two, uh, number two for me is the rocket. Roger wow. Clemens. Um, wow. again, uh, and taking steroids out of this is pre steroids. Uh, Roger Clemens. Yep. Uh, he was the dominant pitcher there in the eighties, 1986, 20, 24 and four ERA 2.48, two times Cy Young award winner, MVP winner there as well in 86, yeah. uh, 18, uh, complete games in 80, uh, 87 followed up by 14 complete games in 88, wow. seven shutouts in 87 and Jesus. eight shutouts in 88, just a, a dominant, dominant pitcher over, over 200 innings approaching 300 some years, just racked up racked up the wins over mm-hmm. 20 wins twice uh in the 80s there and uh yeah just a fantastic fantastic picture and uh yeah he comes in for me at number two that's a great number two i mean pre-steroids roger clemens Ooh. if he didn't take steroids it's like yeah. dude you'd be the greatest pitcher in the hall of fame right now like yep. what the fuck were you doing yep and i know it just the rocket man. The rocket was born man. in the eighties, and it went all the way into the early two thousands. And good. the rocket was good, man. No, that's a good yep. number two. I really like that. Um, my number two, I'm going with the express baby, Nolan Ryan. Ooh, all aboard! Yeah, yeah. gotta love Nolan Ryan. Yeah. Obviously, yep. in the eighties, they that wasn't even his best. That wasn't even his best decade. I mean, his yeah. best decade, arguably, was in the seventies. Seventies, yeah. Right. And then, but you and I remember him pitching in the nineties, even though he only pitched till 93, we always considered no, when you hear of Nolan Ryan, he was up there with like Michael Jordan and those Mm -hmm. guys, Wayne Gretzky, it'd be Nolan Ryan. Right. I mean, it was just, he was the greatest pitcher and he was marketed very well, but it's just through the eighties. The reason why I picked him for my eighties is just because he was still a strong fucking pitcher in the eighties. I mean, he never, other than 87, he had over yeah. 10 wins every season, yeah. right? And he and his ERA was always below 3.3 or 3.8. It was, yep. I think, his highest in the 80s. But, yep. I mean, you're talking 81, 169 ERA, 87, 276 ERA. I mean, yeah. just a killer fucking pitcher. I mean, the guy 
I loved his build. I mean, he had that long release. I love mm-hmm. he had big hands. A lot of people never talked about how big his hands are, but he always yeah. had big hands and he could the way he was able to like grip a baseball, it gave him that extra little spin. And oh. he probably had the best fastball in the eighties. If I oh, were yeah. to say who I had the best so. fastball, like from the seventies all the way through the nineties, it definitely had to have been Nolan Ryan. Yep. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't even have to say much of his accolades because we both know just how good Nolan Ryan was. I mean, you're talking about a guy who not only went into the hall of fame, but he he's a world series winner, only a two time yep. ERA winner, which surprises me and only eight time all-star, but this is a guy he's that a tested. Machine. He was a strikeout yep. machine, man. I mean, in the eighties alone, he was just he was just killing it, and he led most of those categories in the seventies and in the late eighties. I mean, we're talking two seventy strikeouts, two twenty eight, three hundred one, uh, and two thirty two to kind of round out the eighties and, and into the early nineties. So, yeah, man, Nolan Ryan for me, gotta love him. He comes in at my number two. Okay, uh, number number one. one, yeah, number one for me is some of the you actually already talked about. The Doc. Let's go. Dwight Gooden, for me, he's my number one pitcher of the 80s. Let's and, go. And again, I'm just looking at the 80s as a body of work. Rookie of the year, Cy Young, all the stuff you talked about, 24 wins in 85, a 1.53 ERA, just consistently um, under or close to three for his ERA uh, dur- during the 80s. Uh, he had uh, eight, eight shutouts there in that 85 season, 16 complete games, had 10 complete games in 88, just during that during that time there in the 80s, like we said, it unraveled a little bit as he got into the 90s. He was just the force. He was the number one guy. If you wanted a, a win, uh, you would put Dwight Gooden on the mound there. And uh, yeah, he comes in for me at number one. Yeah, a great number one. And it's yep. it's sad to see that he never he was never in the Hall of Fame. It just he yep. his, 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 his career his personal, kind of petered his out. personal demons just. You know, wreaked their ugly head and uh, petered out his career. You know? Right. I mean, we both we both kind of got to see the documentaries at thirty for thirty mm-hmm. for with him in Strawberry, and then the yeah. one with Once Upon a Time in Queens, and and mm-hmm. he had some demons, man. He fought a mm-hmm. lot of drugs, so yeah, that's a good number one though. I and mean, when you look at yep. the eighties, he's the top guy. The Everybody guy. wanted to pitch yep. like Doc Gooden. So yep. uh, number one for me, I'm which was your number two. I'm going with Roger Clemens. Solid. Yeah. I just I loved watching him pitch. I love going back at old clips uh, before I knew he did steroids, but I love right. <laughs> watching him, what he did in the eighties. I mean, that 86 series was just amazing. Uh, what Man. he did just uh, not, didn't come out a winner, but I really loved and appreciated his, it, it, how competitive he was. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I was going to piss me off the older he got, he was just, remember he didn't travel with the team only on days he pitched and right. he kind of right. became this big prima Donna, but yep. yep. The, the the Boston Red Sox, Roger Clemens, Roger Clemens, was one of the greatest pitchers I've ever seen pitch. And mm-hmm. uh, I just, it, it's hard. The Rocket was so good, and yep. it's just sad the way it went down. But if we're talking 80s, strictly 80s, and obviously his 80s, it was more towards the end of the 80s where he yep. really got, you know, we knew Roger Clemens before, you know, everything yep. went down. So, yeah, Roger Clemens for me. But looking at the list, so there's only one pitcher that I left out of my top five. And there's only one picture I believe <laughs> you left out of your top five. So yeah. I left out Earl Hershiser just because yep. I, I, it was so, so much talent uh, in the eighties for pitching. And I, I was even looking at Venezuela, Fernando Venezuela. Oh, I was looking dude, at, yeah. I was looking at a few other guys. I mean, yeah. there was some really good pitchers, but um, yep. Earl Hershiser has always been Mr. Reliable. And yep. on your list, you left out who Nolan Ryan I left out Nolan Ryan only because uh, like you talked about when you were breaking them down, uh, I looked at his best decade being the uh, the seventies. Yeah, uh, you know he he was you know he's consistent, but he wasn't blow your uh, blow your mind out uh, uh, stats for me in the eighties. So. Yeah, yeah, he kind of came in the late sixties, and you're right, the seventies he just exploded. He was with the Angels, him and Frank Tanana. That was a Ugh. hell of a one-two punch there back when Frank Tanana could throw. Yeah, uh, you know because when he was at the Tigers, he was more of a finesse pitcher, but in the seventies with the Angels, Frank Tanana could whip that ball, man. Right. He kind of, you know, I kind of look at his career similar to what Max Scherzer went through because mm-hmm. Max Scherzer started with the Diamondbacks, but he didn't become Max Scherzer until he was with the Tigers. Tigers, yep, yep. Right. So, and he kind of was like, he was with the Mets, and he was a very good pitcher with the Mets. Yeah, he was on the '69 team. He was, really, but you like you think about him much on that team, though. But he know. never, he never pitched. He was never an over 500 pitcher. Nope. Right. He never led the league in anything. But nope. until he went to California in '72. 
And then he just started going to town, you know, and that's when he started being like, holy fuck, this is Nolan Ryan. (laughs) We're, you know, holy shit. Why don't we see this in Queens? (laughs) Right. Right. So a good top five. That was a fun top five. That was a lot of fun. Let's jump out of the time machine and head back to the now, shall we? We are to the now with the number five. So I I guess I can kick off my number five. Yeah, why don't you go for it? And this one's kind of surprising. My number five pitcher in the game right now is Garrett Cole. Going with Cole, man. All right. All right. Yeah. You know, I, I really love Garrett Cole. I, I think I remember when he got drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates and I knew he was going to be good. But yeah. last year, I mean, it was a good year. Don't get me yeah. wrong. A very, very good year for Garrett Cole. Anybody would kill to have stats like Garrett Cole, right? I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. what he had like a 13 and eight record. Not bad. Not great, but not bad. Yep. Three, three, five, ERA. Not great. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I like it, but I want my pitchers to be in the twos or the ones, right? I got you. Especially to be on a top five. And then I'm looking at where he has been the last few years. And there was kind of a drop off after the 2020 season, because you've seen his ERA kind of peak a little bit. He had 16 wins in 2021, still putting him up there. Mm -hmm. But uh, the only thing that the reason why he stays on my list is he, um, he, he, he led the league in strikeouts with 257, but he also got rocked. He, a lot of home runs were hit off of Garrett Cole Mm -hmm. last year. So, uh, he kind of, he kind of starts my list at number five, Steve, who do you got for number five? Uh, number five, I got the, uh, what seems to be the ageless wonder. And that's Justin Berlander, uh, coming off of his, uh, fantastic year last year of, uh, the Cy Young and, uh, 18 and four record 1.75 ERA, uh, the only reason I don't have him a little bit higher is because uh, honestly, part of me just feels like age is gonna gonna hit him. He's gonna be in a new spot. You know, he's got he's got the you know there with the Mets, uh, and I'm just I, I'm I'm not sure. I'm just I'm waiting for the bottom to come out on him, right? Uh, with, with Justin Verlander, but you know, right right now had a you know Cy Young win uh, last year, but he comes in for me at number five. Yeah, that's bit, not bad. A little bit, a little bit lower than uh, I bet people would uh, would have thought for me, but yeah. So yeah, guy. Sam, you and I are kind of starting our, our, our now part uh, with the pitchers with some shockers. Yeah. Uh, for me, number four, Shohei Otani. I mean, what can't you say about Shohei Otani? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. let's break down his war stat. Kidding, war fucking sucks. I hate that stat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you loved war. <laughs> God, I hate that stat. <laughs> but you're, you're talking about a guy who pitched 233 last year. You're talking about a guy who can... <laughs> could pitch that low of an ERA and still he's a hitter on the flip side of that and hit very fucking well (laughs) in the 28 games he pitched last year. I mean, we're talking 219 strikeouts. Uh, I just, one thing I would like to have seen from him. That's why he's kind of at the bottom of my list. He doesn't pitch shutouts. I haven't seen a shot. He hasn't pitched a shutout his entire career in major league baseball and he doesn't have any complete games. So I'm always going to put him on the back half of my list just because he's a phenom. Don't get me wrong. That's why he makes the list, but he doesn't get those pitchery stats you want, right? You know, those the top pitcher stats. So Shohei Otani for me, Steve comes in at number four. Well, shocking. My number four is also Shohei Otani. Hold the phone. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So we think alike, like, you know, like that. Yeah. Solid year last year. Obviously two way, two way player. Haven't seen this really since Babe Ruth. Uh, 15 to nine, 2.33 ERA, you know, top five in Cy Young, uh, last year, top, you know, number, you know, top five in MVP again. Yeah. And like, like you said, though, you know, 166 innings pitched, he hasn't had a complete game, hasn't pitched a, uh, you know, hasn't pitched a shutout, no. but, um, a very quality pitcher. Let's say that. So yeah, very much comes so. in for, for me at number, uh, number four, how about you going up to number three? My top three is going yep. to be somebody who's been sneaky. Good is Corbin uh-huh. Burns, man. Corbin you Burns. Much about him you don't, Milwaukee. you don't, you hear Brandon Wood, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff. And you yep. hear, you hear other pitchers, right? You hear uh, Josh Hader. You even hear yep. Devin Williams, your reliever. Or somehow right. Corbin Burns flies under the radar, and he's like really does. one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. I mean, I, yep. I put him in my top three because he is literally one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yep. So uh, last year he was eleven and five. This past season, twelve year, twelve and eight. We're talking about a guy who has actually in every year but one had an under had an under three ERA. I mean, mm-hmm. two nine four last year started the most led the league in uh, game starts at thirty three. He doesn't give up a lot of home runs, but he also strikes out a lot. He led right. the National League last year with two hundred and forty three strikeouts. Ooh. I love this guy. I think yeah. 
he's amazing, but he's another guy. Not no complete games in his career, no shutouts in his career, and that's pretty tough. You know, that's why I can't really give him that crown or give him in the top two. But you got to give props or props to do. I think he's one of the many reasons the cup the Brewers have snuck in to the postseasons or even mm-hmm. compete to be potentially be <laughs> the in postseason or it'd be the tops in the NL centrals because this guy is such a good pitcher and he leads that staff. And I think I hope this year he finally gets his props because he is arguably one of the best. And, and I'm glad he got his Cy Young Award finally. Yeah, you know, I so. agree. Uh, me at number three, it's the guy you talked about earlier, Garrett Cole. Wow. Okay. So I do have Garrett Cole up there just because of his, uh, his bulldog mentality, uh, pitched over 200 innings last year, uh, 200, like you said, 257 strikeouts, a Yankees, uh, single season record. So he's up there. Uh, one of the reasons why he's up there on my list and just that strikeout, the walk ratio, he has a 257 strikeouts last year to only 50 walks, which is a 5.14 strikeout to walk ratio, uh, just consistently gets up right around 200 innings, gets the job done. Uh, ERA, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit a little bit higher, but he's also trying to get a feel after the whole. We talked about it with the uh, the substances, so uh, you know he's, he's trying to trying to do a new workaround. But yeah, he's a solid solid pitcher. I think he's going to have another great year this year. He's got a great staff around him now, so he uh, he comes in for me at number three. Yeah, Garrett Cole. It's hard to ignore that kind of talent, man. Yep. yep. So really two is. for you. Two for you. This one might be a stunner. I don't know. I really flirted with putting him number one, but that's Justin Verlander, man. Okay. I, okay. You know, I know you had him at number five, and, right. and yeah. I heard what you said. You said you're waiting for that bottom to drop out because, I mean, he's 30, what, nine years old, going on 40 years old. 40 this year, yeah. But that's the reason I put him at number two because he is still pitching some of his best baseball. I am, I'm waiting for that bottom to drop out too, but for until then, I'm keep I'm riding. You just ride the hot hand, man. I mean, for a guy that's 39 years old, goes 18 and four, a (laughs) 1.75 ERA. I'm sorry, but that's somebody who's not slowing down unless he's taking fucking Clemens steroids. I mean, (laughs) this guy is just not slowing down, dude. And it it fucking it's crazy to me uh, how much he can do. When's the fucking Cy Young again? It's just. Now he's with the new team, so maybe. I mean, I I always have compared Verlander's career to that of Nolan Ryan's. Yeah. Uh, the only it was only Nolan Ryan's last year when he the bottom dropped out, and that's when he was forty six years old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my god. <laughs> so if if I'm comparing apples to apples, <laughs> yep. Yep. this apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, and I think we're still seeing going to see some good baseball. From uh, Justin mm-hmm. Verlander, that's why he's my number two. Hey, and I'll take it because I love watching Verlander. I do he's, too. He's been one of my favorite players for a long time, and my favorite I, I, pitcher of all time. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Okay, my okay. favorite. I'm not saying he's the favorite. best of all time. But right, right, but he's your favorite pitcher, other than Mickey Lolich. Yeah. Um, yeah. Justin Verlander. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he's right up there. He's probably probably my favorite pitcher as well. Right I mean, there, to top three. I mean, okay, and that makes sense, right? Because I think you and I have seen, I have never seen a pitcher come into a game and just control a game. Like, yeah. when we were, every time we were in the postseason with Justin Verlander or any time. We need a win. And we needed a win. I could always be like, we got Justin we got Verlander starting. That's yeah. like Patrick Mahomes starting yep. in the NFL or Tom right. Brady. It just, you feel good. You're like, yep. and this guy can just carry a team yep. with his pitching. I just, yeah, man. Yeah. Love it. Yep, I do too. I do too. It was great to meet him at Tiger Fest, which was wow, eleven years ago. I met him at Tiger Fest, and Tiger Fest has never been the same since he left. So no, no, you know Tiger Fest is going to happen again, but that's a whole separate story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen Tiger Fest since. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen Tiger Fest since the pandemic. But I digress. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Number two. Uh, Number yeah. No yeah. Number two. Number two for me is uh is Sandy Alcantara. Uh, I like, I like, oh, he he totally fucks. Uh, Cy Young award winner last year, 14 and nine, 228 innings pitched. Jesus Christ. Uh, Yeah. Just uh, an innings machine. And he's only going to get better. He's 26 years old. Uh, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. I think this Mm -hmm. is just the start. This is the start for him. He's going to be the ace of that, uh, that Marlin staff, hopefully for years to come. Uh, I mean, it's not, you know, not much, (laughs) not much more you can say. The guy was a a beast last year and he's going to be a beast again this year. So, Alcantara, you're my no, or my, my number two pitcher right now. So, yeah, Steve, I'm going to piggyback off you, and I'm just going to okay. say for my number one is Sandy Alcantara. I, I think there we go. Okay, I, for all the reasons you said, I, I just I think 
it's kind of sucks. Last year was his like first really winning yeah. season in terms yeah. of wins, but that's because he didn't. He never had much of a team behind him other than exactly. last year. And we're starting to see the Miami Marlins turn around. Yep. I mean, mind you, the Marlins had to trade to get Alcantara there, right? Yeah. So he started out with St. Louis, and they saw just what he could become. And I, I remember when Derek yep. Jeter came in to be part of the Marlins in terms of a upper management GM, what have you, president. Yep. He really thought that Sandy Alcantara was the was the ace of the staff. He knew it back yep. then. We know it mm-hmm. now. He's right. 26 years old. He's still fucking throwing fireballs. Oh. And uh, I'm glad he won his, finally won his Cy Young, but a 2.28 ERA. I mean, other than Justin Verlander, that just blows you away how good he mm-hmm. is on a shitty team because he didn't really have much of a team to back him up last year in terms of offense. No. So, uh, yeah, my number one, uh, going for all the same reasons you said and more, uh, Sandy Alcantara, man. Love you it. you got? Four. Number one. Number one. He's number one. My number one is someone, uh, it's, it's a little bit shocking. So, Alcantara and, and my number one were like one and one A, but I'm going to go with Corbin Burns. I fucking love this pick, though. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like, like you said, you know, he finally got a Cy Young in 2021. The guy's been a, a pitching machine. He was originally a reliever, wasn't he? I think he uh, was uh, starting uh, his career in Milwaukee and yes, turned turn starter, but a uh, 2.43 ERA in 2021, 2.94 ERA in uh, uh, last year, 234 strikeouts in 21, 243 strikeouts in 22, only 27 years old. Uh, cool. I, I think the, the sky's the limit for this guy. He's only going to get better. And just with all the stuff that you talked about him before, he just doesn't get his, uh, his due uh, justice because uh, he's in Milwaukee. But he's consistently keeping that team in contention. I think he'll continue to do so. And uh, he comes in for me at number one. I always wondered if he, because I, I, I've seen him pitch a handful of times, yeah. but he's still young, right? So yeah. I always wonder if he still stays with Milwaukee and if he keeps on, if his projection is how it's looking, like where he mm-hmm. could, you know, become a Hall of Famer, what have you. I wonder yeah. if he is that pitcher that could take over games because you yeah. figure for as, as weak as Milwaukee and the flame out they had last couple yeah. of years, you figure if he if he's carrying them in the pitching yeah. department, I mean, you figure this guy knows how to win games on his own. I mean, yeah. that's Bob Gibson Verlander ass. Right. Yeah. Right. It is. It Even is, Sandy yeah. Alcatara. I mean, that's yep. the same thing. Yeah. I mean, to, to dig 12 wins out of that mediocre uh, Milwaukee team last year, it's uh, you know, saying something for what he can do. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Good picks, man. That was oh, fun. Thank you. That was, that was a lot of fun. Man, yeah. that, was, that was a good time. So next week, we're going to be talking catchers. All right. The best catchers of the 80s. So Ooh. that's going to be fun. And then the that now series picking out the best catchers, which I'm sure we're going to have some surprises. Jake Rogers is definitely making my list right up there. James McCann. Huh, of course. Well, if, James McCann should be on every top 10 list. Top <laughs> oh, list. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I mean, if James McCann is not your top catcher in the league, there's something seriously wrong with it. Right. You don't know baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with that, shall we uh, head on over to collection corner? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So up for me this week is our newly minted Hall of Famer, Scott Rowland. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, he's up $16.70 or a 75.40% increase to a market value of $38.85. Now, if you're spending that much money on any Scott Rowland cards, just give the money to me directly. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let's just, let me just say that. Yeah. Uh, up cards for Scott included a 2022 Tops Clearly Authentic Auto number to 25, 1995 Bowman's Bass Blue Rookie, a PSA 8. Down this week, actually, is uh, Shohei Otani. He's down $21.22 or a 29.29% decrease to a market value of still $51.24. Yeah. Down cards includes 2018 Tops Update Gold, number 189. is 2022 Panini Donruss Unleashed, number 999. I'm surprised Shohei is already down. Uh, He's going to go back. Yeah. I mean, that's probably right. I mean, Scott Rowland's up right now. Yeah. <laughs> what's wrong well, we, with this picture we've noticed that though right because remember yeah. last year uh david ortiz yeah yep. those kind those those anybody who gets in is going to skyrocket so yep. that that makes sense yep. uh up for me steve this week is manny ramirez really mr yeah. steroids himself huh? mr steroids himself another <laughs> one that just should have laid off the juice yeah, exactly uh up fifty dollars and 42 cents that's a whopping 632.62 percent increase Ooh-wee. okay the market price it's around 58 dollars and 39 cents mostly that's for his rookie stuff but yeah. some cards i like that you could you should go out and get if you like manny is his 2000 uh pacific paramount double vision 
his 2008 Tops Heritage and Heritage Chrome, both are up there. And his 2022 Tops Triple Threads. I love those Triple Thread cards. I do. I love them, too. So it's fucking expensive all the time. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Uh, Down is somebody Steve talked about earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Little Jeff Mustache Kent. Mustache Kent, Mr. Survivor himself. If uh, if you haven't seen him, he did uh, participate in a season of Survivor, so you should probably check that out. Did he win? No. Still a loser. Okay. <laughs> Although I think he did make it to the merge, uh, but oh. don't don't quote me on that. So he did do well. Yeah. Just, just not not yeah. not winning. Yeah. No, he wasn't Hall of Fame worthy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, down one dollar and sixty one cents. That's a seventy point six two percent decrease. Market price sits around. <laughs> they're giving this away. One dollar and sixty one cents. <laughs> what? I'm sure if you do that, make an offer on eBay for this 95 <laughs> tops finest. It's 92 Dunross rookie or his 03 Dunross Diamond Kings bronze frame parallel. They'll be like, you know what? Just have it. <laughs> you, know what? you know what? I'll take your offer. I'll throw in 10 more Jeff. Yeah. For, yeah. for free. All right. <laughs> that is our collection. Man, you had some uh some good purchases over the uh the, this last week. You hit some uh, good stuff, right? Didn't you get a few yeah. autographs or something? Yeah. Yeah, I've been racking up in autographs, man. Yeah, <laughs> just left and right, just kind of just stocking up on them. I even got yeah. a Paul Goldschmidt one just recently Jeez. that I got in a, in, a, in a um in a break, and yeah, I got yeah, some good ones. Yeah, man. you did yeah. something like you uh, you answered a trivia question right, and then you bet it all on like a pinball thing, and then you won more stuff or something. Yeah, and, there was this. Yeah, uh, there, so I go on the whatnot app, and and I just hit up. It's all these rooms, all these live feeds. I like, you know, uh, shout out to the grandpa's garage breaks. Uh, They're the one I usually go to, but there's another one. I forgot what their name is, but I just stumbled in it. And there was like, I like to go with people that don't have a lot of people in the room because that way the card prices aren't. Yeah. The card prices aren't fucking nuts either. I mean, the, the bids are way down. It's just, it's, it's sneaky good. It's a sneaky um, strategy. So I went in there. And right away they were at, they had this question. They said they said who was the first pitcher to have two, what was it, 200, 2,000 strikeouts and two thousand saves in their career. Okay. And the first pitcher, the fastest pitcher to do it, what have you? I think the only pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Johnny Smooth, baby, John Smoltz. And uh, I got it right, and not knowing anything would happen, and like, oh, you just won our prize. I'm like, oh, let's fucking go. <laughs> and they, uh, so, and then they took me to this. So they took the camera to this pinball machine. It was this dope. I've been trying to look at for it online because it's really sweet. It's a big it? pinball machine. It's a baseball pin pin uh, pinball machine. And basically, what they do is every time they hit a home run, it improves your odds, what have you. So okay. they start off with a little like blaster box that you won, right? And that's what I yeah. won. This little blaster box. I think it was like tops or whatever. And they're like, well, if we get a home run in the pinball machine, you'll get a, a uh, we could up the pack. It could be a hobby box of what are our, or like a, a small box of whatever. Yeah. And I wrote it all until I got to their, <laughs> their, what they were selling was this like giant hobby box of um, Panini, like optics and okay. stuff. And it had like an autograph in there or two. I can't remember. I forgot all I got in there, but I ended up winning that because the guy kept hitting. Runs. Well, and it was, I mean, to bet it all because the guys, yeah. you could bet it all to them. They were just having fun. Yeah. And I was like, this guy is like, I saw him with the last guy. He was like, you know, pinballing home runs left and right. <laughs> and there's times like if he doesn't get a home run, it'll be like a fly out or, or he would like single, you know, single pass third base or single to right or double. And you it would keep doing that, but you have to, he'd have to hit the home runs okay. and the pinball to get it. And yeah, I was, I was scoring it. I was like, yeah, let me ride all of it. You know, if I lose, yeah. I'm not out anything. So, right, right. Um, yeah, it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds like it, man. Good Fuck for yeah, you. Dude. Man, with that, should we uh, get the candles out, celebrate a birthday? Yeah, I'm excited about this one. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, Happy birthday to broadcasting great Bob Euchre, just a bit outside. Love Bob. Born on January 26th, 1934. Uh, Bob did play baseball too, but obviously his claim to fame with broadcasting uh, Brewers, uh, Brewer games. But uh, just his MLB stats here, because I like to get these 200 average, 14 home runs, 74 RBIs. Played for the uh, Milwaukee Braves, St. Louis Cardinals, Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, then the uh, back with the Atlanta Braves. Um, Obviously, was a uh, uh, Milwaukee Brewers broadcaster since uh, from 1971 to the present, and he did win a World Series when he was with St. Louis too. Uh, trivia: Euchre appeared on the Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson more than 100 times, so it sounds like Johnny was quite the fan of Bob Euchre. 
Yeah, because he was like a comedian, man. Yeah, was yeah. I remember so he's on Mi- Mr. Belvedere, and yeah, obviously on Major League. You remember, uh, you know, big, big, big time there. But yeah, happy, uh, happy uh, birthday there to Bob Euchre. One of my all-time favorite people, oh, all-time Bobby favorite Uchre. announcers. Yeah. Wow, the day he passes is gonna be a sad day because he was so funny. Do yourself, anybody, do yourself a favor and go to when he wa- got inducted with the Ford C. Frick Award into the Hall of Fame. His O three speech is fucking hilarious. Oh man. And also, uh, uh, as we record here, January 25th, it's a happy heavenly birthday to Ernie Harwell. Hey, get it, Ernie. Yep. yep. He was born today as well. So broadcasting, sharing birthdays right there. So yeah. Happy birthday, Bob Uecker. Well, Steve. Well, is it that time? That, time is that trivia time? Oh boy. It's that trivia time again. Oh boy. All right. All right. Well, I got you a got doozy. A do- for yeah. Me. I was going to say you got a doozy for me. All right. I'll see you. So. All right, Steve. I'm yeah. going to play. I'm going to be doing something a little bit different this time. Okay. So I uh, I'm going to pretend I'm the player, and I'm going to say uh, I was a second baseman. Oh boy! Who played for the New York Giants and the okay. St. Louis Cardinals from 1919 to 1937? And then what if I was it? Oh, I hit over 300 for 11 straight seasons. I retired with. 1,532 runs, 419 stolen bases, and a career average of 316. And I was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1947. Am I Frankie Frisch, Jackie Robinson, Billy Rogel, or Luke Appalling? Appling? Frankie Frisch, Jackie Robinson, Billy Rogel, or Luke Appling? Well... I'm glad you gave me choices because I would have been freaking stumped. Uh, second baseman for the Giants and the Cardinals, yeah, 1919 yeah. to 37. He hit over 300 for yeah. 11th straight season, so he's fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The other stuff, just know that he had a 316 average and he was elected in 1947 to the Hall of Fame. All right. Frisch, uh, Robinson, Rogel, or Appling? I'm going to go with Frankie Frisch. Steve, you're right. Am <laughs> I? All right. Yeah. There I go. What made you think Chris? Uh, because uh, I knew it wasn't Jackie. And uh Billy, Billy Rogel actually he played for the Tigers at one point. Uh so I knew it wasn't him. And uh uh Luke Appling, I knew he didn't uh, play on the uh the, the Giants around that. Day. Wow, that was a good wow. I th- I totally well, thought you were gonna get that wrong. Well, you know, I like to surprise people from time to time. <laughs> Steve, Steve's gonna be what? You're one and two, That's now you're gonna be two and two and two. Two and two. All right. All right. Uh, well, I'll come up with a good one for you for next week. See if we can get you on the board. Hell yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. All right. So shit, man. That's a fucking show. It's a good show. Hell yeah, man. It's a good show. Not much going yeah. on. We're getting fucking snow. Snow o'clock here. Yep. In our neck of the woods. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. In the meantime, it's, it's January. It's January. Expected. Yeah. I'm glad we're actually getting some snow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, me too. Thanks for everybody for listening. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Uh, we very much appreciate it. And fuck, man, in the meantime, we'll catch you all next week. Deuces. Deuces.